Welcome to Respawn Aimfire episode 173. I did not mute Twitch in my headphones, so I heard the entire intro as it started talking. But we are Respawn Aimfire, the Kick-Ass Irreverent Gaming Podcast. This is episode 173. I am here with... I'm B being holding the pardo. I'm here with... Would you like to introduce yourself? So I'm Brent Gohan, homies. What up? I'm so <laughs> No, not at all. You are so you're doing a new podcast now. Do you want to, uh, what do you call it? I'm drawing a complete blank. Do you <laughs> want to um, mention that podcast? There's a term, and I can't remember the. Do you want to plug it? Do you want to plug the podcast? That's what it is. Yeah, sure. I I co-run a PlayStation podcast called The Untitled PlayStation Podcast with my buddy Dan. Uh, yeah, we talk about PlayStation, do all sorts of stuff. I make videos on YouTube. Workshop 118, have the Uncultured Opinions podcast where I talk about film and all that. I stream, I guess, on Twitch, but that's pretty much it. All good stuff. And this, again, is Respawn Aim Fire. Every Tuesday morning at 9 a.m. Eastern, put us in your ears with your favorite podcast service or put us in your eyes by searching for Respawn Aim Fire on YouTube. That's right. We've gone into the third dimension with 2D video for several months now. And if you want to add the fourth dimension of time, you can do that by watching us record it live on twitch.tv slash affableidiots. Every Sunday at 8 p.m. Eastern, like we're doing right now. Today's episode is brought to you by Affable Idiots, which we'll tell you about later on in the episode. This week we're talking about the xCloud kind of Apple debacle that, that's been going on recently, past few days. And then also talking about the Spider-Man exclusivity with Avengers on PS4. And then Sony's State of Play event, as well as a number of other kind of smaller stories as well. Before we get to all that, though, Brent, it's playtime. What have you been playing? Oh boy, let me tell you, I've been playing a lot of games. Um, first off, I beat the best game that came out this year, Ghost of Tsushima. Hashtag imagine not playing Ghost. Shout out to Matt and <laughs> Dallas, the Ghost Gang. But no, I I beat that. That game was a masterpiece. I I still think it's like under The Witcher Three, but like top three is like Witcher Three, Ghost of Tsushima, and Doom Eternal. Like that game was amazing. Uh, I've been playing through the Modern Warfare games, so I beat Modern Warfare Remastered. I'm working on Modern Warfare 2, not Remastered right now. And honestly, I haven't been playing much. I played Fall Guys with you guys, which we'll talk about. And yeah, kind of just been vibing, honestly. I might remember a game in a minute, but that's pretty much all I've really been playing. Terraria, so, always on the Terraria. Oh, always Terraria, yeah. <laughs> I still need to play that with you. I promise you I'd play that with you. And we need to figure out a time to do that still. True. It's a fun game. There's a lot of grinding, though. That's that's the part that doesn't sound like too much fun to me. But I have been grinding Ghost of Tsushima. I started playing that this week. But you beat it, though, so I'm kind of curious. How did you kind of, how did you tackle Ghost of Tsushima? Because I've been going through and doing as much as I possibly can, doing everything in the game. Were you kind of just going right through the story, or were you easily distracted at all the side missions and all the mythic quests? I put... Like, I have a PSN tracker bot. I put, and it says I put, like, 50 hours into Ghost. Basically, what I would do is, like, for the first, I don't know, a few hours, I was mainlining it because I'm one of those people. But once I, like, kept playing it, I realized, okay, I really like this game. I, because I have a weird thing with games, like, just, I have to get into them, and sometimes I just can't anymore. But mm-hmm. once I realized that, like, okay, I will play this 
as long as I need to to beat it. Then I started take tackling that small area. I would turn on a podcast and I would just go and I got the entire area like cleared out, liberated fully. Like when you walk past an area on the map, it like shows up instead of being white anymore. I got that mm. completely cleared though. Once you complete, once you fully liberate it, it just shows all that anyway. So I guess it doesn't really matter, but it's still cool. But then I also did this, com- the second area, I completely did that. But the third area, I beat the game before I did that because I'm not going to spoil anything, but it, it kind of does this thing where it's like halfway through Act 3, you can't really do anything in the other areas. So I was like, I moved too fast. But <laughs> at, once I got done with that, but with the story, I just mainlined the story, beat it. And then pretty much now I'm going. I haven't played it in a little bit because I just want to give time to breathe and play through some other games. But I'm gonna go mm-hmm. back and platinum it and get all the other things. But yeah, a lot of chasing check marks, like little not check marks, but just question marks. A lot of yep. chasing those. Oh, I'm doing that all the time. As soon as I see a check mark, or sorry, the question mark. I'll create a, like a string of them and be like, okay, that's my path, and that will lead to this mission, and that's that's a reason to do that mission. Only because that mission's at the end of this like mm-hmm. string of question marks. I I primarily do question marks, or at least like the the side quests, like the silver, um, map icons. Mm-hmm. I haven't done a lot of the tales. I've honestly, I've mostly only done a few just so I can get the silk needed to upgrade some of my armor. But once I go back and do the platinum tales is what I'm really gonna like get invested in. But the the side quests I've done is all the mythic quests because those were amazing. Those were awesome, and I've done quite a bit of tales, but I haven't finished anyone's quest lines or anything yet. The heavenly strike mythic quest mm-hmm. is so sick. When you get to that final sword battle at the end. And it's raining, and there's the the lightning kind of coming down and illuminating the darkness. It's it's so fucking epic. It's good. I, I it's amazing, and it seems like that's pretty. It's not like that's unusual. There's a lot of really kind of just epic little sword fights you get involved in. But that was the first one that I got in into, and I won't forget that. I actually use the what do you call it? The sword kit from that. That's sick. Um, from that. Um, that mission just to re- remember it again because it was, it was fantastic mm. um, Nerds at Large is in the Twitch chat right now they're saying whoa Holden finally killed Chad I am pleading <laughs> the fifth I am not going to comment on whether or not I, I did that or not but I'm also suspicious that Nerds at Large is claiming this when they caused Chad to cough last week so I don't know Chad's had this run man they might be like, involved in that I'm Chad's son so I mean you're, just, it only makes you're my son like I said, I don't know what y'all like have gotten into, but both of you are suddenly <laughs> my dad, so I don't really understand. It's was... it's it's worth it. Whatever we did, whatever satanic rituals we did, it worked. <laughs> it was worth it. <laughs> I was gonna say, like, before we stop the ghost like talk, for one, nerds at large, you didn't have me on. You had my the other members of the Ghost Gang, Matt and Dallas. I was a little <laughs> upset about that. I'm just kidding. I love you guys. But on Ghost, <laughs> they really it took like a lot of like inspiration from old Japanese movies, which was awesome. Like all the Kurosawa films to just make a lot of duels and stuff just feel awesome. And mm-hmm. I love that so much. I think you're really gonna like when you get to the Six Blades of Kojiro. 
I think you're really going to like that quest a lot. Well, so far, every quest has been fantastic, so I have no doubts. Have you done the, um, speaking of the uh, Kiwish, is it Kiwishawa? What's the guy's director's name again? Kurosawa. Kurosawa. Have you done the Kurosawa mode, where it's black and white and kind of grainy? I've done it a little bit. Once I get the platinum, I want to go back and replay it in that, because I still wanted to experience it, like, I I don't want to say the way they intended, because they could, they give you the mode for a reason. But I want to experience it in its beauty first before I turn to black and white. But Kurosawa mode looks awesome. Like, they do more than just put, like, a filter on it. Like, they change, like, audio stuff. Hey, it's really cool. So I do want to do, like, a New Game Plus playthrough on that once they add that. Because they probably will, hopefully. That's a good That's a good idea. The I did one mission with that mode turned on. And I really liked it. But the game is so beautiful with it off and seeing all the vibrant colors that it's really hard to justify it for me. But I think a new game plus and considering how much I'm enjoying the game so far, I can see myself doing a new game plus. I, I hope they add it. I feel like that'd be a great addition. I would play it again. I still got to do the Spider-Man one, but the only reason I held that off because I wanted to use a Spider-Verse suit and man, it just took me so long to get that Spider-Verse suit from that DLC. Cause that was in those Sable bases are annoying and that's all the dlc is yeah the whole game is annoying <laughs> i ooh, i don't want to go there. <laughs> no to each their own i'm just not a big spider-man fan but i yeah i get it. if you like the game there's still there's definitely a lot to do in that um is that all you played this week pretty much yeah just a lot of cod and everything like obviously like, I'll, I'll get on like my multiplayer games sometimes but those are really just kind of like what i've played mm-hmm. yeah i also played uh fall guys i think you were there for that as well it's so fun it's super fun i'm terrible at it but it's a lot of fun it i've been playing a lot solo it's such a fun game man like i i want to buy it or something to support them because like <laughs> It's such an interesting concept, and I can't believe someone actually thought that up. And it just makes me like, why aren't there more of these? It's kind of like an interesting spin on the Battle Royale, Mm -hmm. almost. It's not quite a Battle Royale. It kind of is, but it's not really. It kind of plays with that formula in a really interesting way. Yeah, it takes a genre and it flips it on its head, which I like. like. I don't even mind a lot of like Battle Royales, because... A lot of people want to be like, oh, it's a new Battle Royale. But honestly, like that's just how Team Deathmatch was. It's like for a while, everyone was like, oh, this game has a multiplayer. Why? So I just feel like it's the same thing. I feel like Battle Royale is a good genre. And everyone was complaining about like Team Deathmatch and everything. So I think I think it's here to stay, honestly. And I hope so, because it can do unique things like Fall Guys. Apparently, my audio is a lot lower than yours. I just made a small adjustment. Is that better Nerds at Large, who is either going to be Darby? Is it Darby? Hey, don't forget Jeff. Or is okay. it Jeff? Well, I was, I'm thinking it's Darby. <laughs> yeah, I knew it was Darby. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks, Darby. Um, yeah, so Fall Guys. It's just it's one of those games that makes comedy a part of games. Not many games can kind of pull it off, but I'm laughing a lot while playing it. It's super, super enjoyable. I also played Paper Mario Origami King. The I'm game so just continues. Contemplating that game. It's worth it. The more I play it, the more I like it. It's not like Ghost of Tsushima or like Last of Us in terms of like 
feeling like a masterpiece while you're playing it. It doesn't have that same kind of um, luster to it, but it is a joy to play because of how sweet and happy and charming it is in comparison to Ghost of Shima, which I hear gets very depressing it goes along, and it already starts off pretty depressing. Last of Us, which is a joyous romp throughout the entire thing, uh, it plays well against those. It, it's kind of the perfect contrast for me. So I'm really liking that. I highly recommend getting it. I don't know how it fares against other Paper Mario games, but I'm enjoying this one. Yeah, I see like the discourse being like either like, oh, it's a fun game, you are just hating on it more, or it's like, oh, this is too simple, it's not Thousand Year Door 2, so I don't know. It's like Paper Mario seems like, it just seems like a series that no one can really pinpoint what they like about it. It's like everyone loves Thousand Year Door, and then just kind of like after that, it's like, what do you like? Was it the writing? Was it the gameplay? Was it? I just don't mm-hmm. see like a lot of like formed opinions on what a good Paper Mario game should be. Yeah, the the fan base seems divisive about it, but also the developers have kind of talked about how they have to change up the combat system every single time. That they're changing it up so often that it doesn't seem like they have a consistent formula in the same way that. Mario games are always about jumping, and Zelda games are always about, you know, adventure and, and puzzle solving. But it's a good game nonetheless. Super Paper Mario on the Wii? Heavily slept on. That was heavily slept game. on? Yeah. Oh, that's right. I forgot about that one. Okay. I was, I was trying to think where that was, but that's right, because um, that was before um, Paper Jam, which was on the Wii U, right? Mm-hmm. Or was that Color Splash? Color Splash was on the yeah, the Wii U. Was on the Wii U. Okay, Super for some reason Paper I thought Mario. that was the Wii version, but Super Mario is the Wii version. Yeah, that was the one where you go like 3D kind of thing. Mm-hmm. That one was really fun. I might check out the Paper Mario games. I can see myself putting that in a bar for something like that, but I'm not... I don't know. I, I, I need to beat Origami King before I think about playing other ones. I'm done with but... bar poles, honestly. You're done with purples after after Assassin's Creed Black Flag? You know how many times Black Flag's been on there? And I always be like, come on, man. Can we get some Assassin's Creed love? And there's never nothing. Who wants to talk about Resident Evil 4 again? I'm just kidding. I love everyone that likes Resident Evil. But, man, I just want Assassin's Creed and Bart. I've never beaten it before. So I'm excited to get a Resident Evil 4. I got like halfway through the first time. But I'm pumped. Resident Evil's a series I can't get into. And it's, I don't know. I want to, but I tried to, because I don't want to play four without playing the others. But I tried to play the first one, even though, like the remastered one on PC, and I can't. I really can't get into that. I feel the same way you do about Spider Man in that regard. I, was say that, I, was like, <laughs> I had to like you know, bite my tongue for a second. <laughs> I didn't want to bring the old wounds in my mind. <laughs> Well, let's move on to the fetch quests. We got some it's good fetch quests here this week. Starting off, we have Xbox Live Gold is not being changed. Microsoft insists. This is from Alessandra, um, Alessandro Barbosa at GameSpot. Um, so there was a rumor that they were going to get rid of Xbox Live and and do free online multiplayer. Um, and I it's it seems like they're not doing that. Some people are still thinking that this rumor might end up playing out where the Xbox Live um, Gold stays, but multiplayer is still free, maybe for certain games. I've heard that. So I kind of feel like no matter what Microsoft says at this point, they're still just going to do what they are going to do, and people are still going to want 
free online for Microsoft. <laughs> so I feel like we're going to be having this conversation for at least a few more months. Mm. You are not Chad, by the way, Porkchop. <laughs> you are you're Brent. PS4 reaches 112 million units sold. Says Logan Moore at Dual Shockers. That's pretty fucking impressive. Mm. Also impressive is Final Fantasy VII hits a uh, remake. Sorry, Final Fantasy VII remake hits five million copies sold. That comes from Nadia Oxford at US Gamer. You played Resident Evil Seven, right? Final Fantasy or Resident Evil? Fe- Final Fantasy Seven. I'm too stuck on Resident Evil right now. Yeah, Final yeah. Fantasy VII Remake. Yeah, I played it. I played about like eight, nine hours into it. It's one of the games I put on my to-do list for the rest of the year after I beat Ghost. I want to sit down and beat that. I'm not going to platinum it, but I just want to finish my easy playthrough and then enjoy it. I, I liked what <laughs> I played, though. I liked what I played, too, but I, I did the same kind of thing. I just kind of stopped playing after about eight or nine hours or so. Actually, probably longer than that. I was on Chapter 8, I think, when I stopped. Hmm. I, I think it was longer. I don't know. So I probably could have got pretty far into the game because I had no troubles at all. Yeah. I know you played this next game, which is Grand Theft Auto V, and it's still making bank, pushing 135 million copies sold and counting from Chris Moyes at Destructoid. Holy shit. This next one blew my mind. Sorry, go I ahead. I were... say about GTA yeah. real quick. GTA is good because it's fun and you can drive cars. No one wants to play Red Dead Online, Dallas. I ride my horse, but like, ooh, Nate, <laughs> hold on, let me go rob this bank. You're supposed to be Chad right now. Chad doesn't like GTA Online. You're supposed oh, to yeah. hate it. Oh, yeah. Screw fun. I'm Chad. <laughs> wow, this sounds so reminiscent to him. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to go play Warzone every day. Uh, if anyone doesn't like fun, it's probably <laughs> me more than Chad. <laughs> Yeah, you don't like Spider-Man, so... Yeah, exactly. Case in point, I don't like Spider-Man. What an asshole I am. <laughs> uh, this next one really, really surprised me. Animal Crossing New Horizon sales reached $22 million, and as Nintendo's net profits rise over 500% year-on-year. Um, holy shit. That's a lot of copies for just a few months. That's what happens so... when you don't release any games this year. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> no, that's Ooh, impressive, I didn't put my though, cap like... down yet. It is pretty cool seeing, like, being, like, an Animal Crossing fan for a while and seeing, like, some people don't want people to, like, join in a fan base, but I'm okay. Like, I'm happy that people are finding something to take solidarity in, especially with during these times, which I don't like when people bring, like, current events into reviews, but Animal Crossing is one of those games that really helps with current events and everything. So I'm Absolutely, yeah. Into it. it makes me wonder if the next Animal Crossing game how much of the momentum they'll be able to keep up with the next Animal Crossing game. Because there won't, hopefully there won't be a pandemic still happening when the next Animal Crossing game comes up. Are people still going to be really into Animal Crossing? Or was the pandemic really the thing that pushed those sales over the limit? Because this is way over even the best-selling Animal Crossing games. I'm sure it was a catalyst. Like I'm sure it has to do with people being stuck inside, needing something to do. But also just the Switch. I think it... it I think most mm-hmm. IPs that Nintendo puts on the Switch see astronomical numbers more than they would like on other consoles. So I think it's kind of a factor of like both of those things. So I think when they make a new one, I think it's going to be relatively the same. I think old fans are still going to buy a Animal Crossing game. And I think these new people are going to buy yeah. into that and, and go on. In terms of fan, like the kind of new fans coming in, I hadn't thought about that as like a fear. Like, oh no, new fans coming in, like... Mm-hmm. It could ruin the community. Even though I haven't played Animal Crossing now in a few months, I want to say, 
I still follow the subreddit for New Horizons, and the, the, the community has been awesome. They do such clever, funny things. They're so welcome and supportive of each other. It's like it, it's kind of crazy how actually they, their their user base more than doubled what like their best, or actually it's a little bit under doubled what the last game sold in just a few months. It was crazy and, how big it was. Like when it came out, like everyone yeah. was getting turned up. Like celebrities are playing the game, which celebrities are people. Yeah. They can play video games, but it was like it was just crazy seeing like how much people were like on animal crossing and like playing it so much it, it was nice to see i'm glad it's selling a lot yeah hopefully nintendo makes more games that sell a lot they're actually recruiting right now for level designers to work on a new 2d action game this comes from liam doolin at nintendo life um they were basically asking in a tweet that featured uh, yoshi's crafted world and new super mario bros u deluxe so this presumably they're looking for those kind of style of platformers but they do specifically call out 2d action games so that's cool to see they're still working on that i still like the 2d style of games so i'm mm-hmm. still i'm happy to see that nintendo's gonna keep that that up yeah like i'd like, be devastated my bread and butter for real like 2d platformers and all that mm-hmm. even just 2d zelda games i would be devastated if there were no more 2d zelda games like those i like things... the 3d ones but are, are the 2d ones are great so good yeah, those are great on the 3DS, and I'm glad we're getting a little bit like with Link's Awakening on the Switch, but I hope they double mm-hmm. down and put a lot more on the Switch, especially if we're waiting for like Breath of the Wild 2 or something. I want, well, obviously the Metroid Prime 4, but on that kind of Zelda, even though it's not 2D. Why not, though, even 2D? I would love just a collection of Zelda games. Like, there's that rumor of the Mario collection coming out for the 3D ones. I would kill for like a, th- a 2D top down or 3D Zelda collection. Like, either or. I hope they do it. That that, yeah. that would sell like hotcakes. If I were to pick, I'd say 2D. I think 2D yeah. would be really sick. I would like to play like Ocarina and Majora on a new console like the Switch, but I would honestly kill for more 2D representation because I don't think they get as much love as like an Ocarina yeah. or anything. Yeah. I also just think that the overall the 2D games are better for for puzzles and for difficulty they're not i think the 3d ones are easier like seasons and ages if you go back and play those games they were actually pretty Mm -hmm. there were some pretty difficult parts of those games also 3ds one of the big highlights 3ds for me was that it had every 2d zelda game every single one is available i want that on switch it'd be fantastic this next story i think you're gonna be more excited for than i am is that rocksteady reveals they are developing a suicide squad game Thank you, Dennis Patrick at Game Ranks. Brent, your thoughts? I'm so hyped. Like, I guess I kind of am like the superhero DC guy. It's like, I, I want more Batman because that's my bread and butter. Batman, Spider-Man, I guess. But man, Suicide Squad, like, it, I feel like we've known this for a while. And it's like, there's always, I'm on so many tangents in my head. But I, I'm extremely <laughs> hyped for it. I, I saw people be like, oh, this is anticlimactic. Why are they announcing it now? Why don't they just release it? Well, it's like every single time there's an event or something, there's always, what's Rocksteady working on? Is it Batman? We don't know what they're working on, so I'm going to assume it's Batman. So, I mean, it kind of makes sense to, like, temper expectations. Like, hey, before we get to Fandom, Suicide Squad. That's what we're doing. Warner Brothers is probably doing Batman, but we're, we're not. So, and then there's rumors that it might be a uh, game as a service, which... I'm okay with. I mean, Avengers looks really fun. I would kind of like 
a single player game, but I I think there's room for more games to service. And I think honestly, they get rode off way too fast because there's a lot of fun ones, especially Destiny Two. I feel like they handle the campaign, even if it's not written well enough. I feel like they handle it. Sorry, they handle it really well with being like an open world, like online kind of thing. So I don't mind games of service. So let's see how Avengers handles it. Handles it. I'm all over today. But I, I think it could be good. I'm really excited for it. I also think if you're doing game as a service, as long as it's not another shooter, it feels like every game as service is some sort of shooter or battle royale game. So having something different is is going to stand stand out there. I actually missed Dallas's comment here that where's Chad? Chad couldn't uh, short notice couldn't uh, couldn't make it tonight, and he also won't be here next week either. So you're just going to have to put up with me. Sorry. Uh-huh. Rip Chad. Mm. He'll be okay. I didn't kill him. Darby killed him. <laughs> it was all Darby's fault. <laughs> um, I'm curious to see what the Suicide Squad game is. I'm warming... Going to kind of the Avengers comparison, I've been warming up to Avengers a little bit more now that I'm hearing the combat is... Yeah, he's totally fine, Dallas. Nothing's wrong. It was just like a... Um, nothing huge. Um... I'm warming up to the idea of Avengers now because it, it seems like the combat is actually pretty good from what I'm hearing from people who've been playing it. And that was one of my big concerns is it looked really boring to play. Mm-hmm. So I might end up being interested in it now. I don't know. We'll see. And if this is kind of similar to that, I think kind of playing as villains would be cool as opposed to playing as the heroes and like causing destruction. The concept of Kill the Justice League, because I saw, I can't remember if they specifically said that or like there was a rumor going around but that was floating around that sounds awesome like imagine like if you are like hunting down the justice league because they got mind controlled or something and then like as you take them down they join your team to defeat the big baddie that would be awesome because you would have your supermans your batmans your flash your wonder woman like it would take place around the suicide squad of course but if you're recruiting the justice league i feel like that could be awesome and like the two of you have to like work together to fight the big baddie i'm so down for that even if it is a games as a service and they show off um, superman on the cover don't they or the poster the tease yeah people well, that's say definitely it's bizarro, superman but i don't think it's bizarro i think it would look a lot different if it was bizarro it, it's 100 percent superman in my mind actually i'm zooming in on his eye his eye looks red I don't know much about Bizarro, but that seems more like a villain version of Superman thing than. It looks like he's got like that blue kind of like haze from it. it he could just be mind control. If it was Bizarro, I feel yeah. like his face would be completely screwed up, and everything. Mm-hmm. His suit would be tattered and everything. I don't think it's Bizarro. I think it is the whole Kill the Justice League thing. Is they mm-hmm. are mind controlled and you have to take them down or something like that. So it would make sense for it to be Superman. Mm-hmm. Because like if it was Bizarro, why would the why would the uh, Suicide Squad need to take him down? That's a Superman job. And I, I don't know. This could be their own not. unique world. Yeah, I have no idea though. I hope it's not Ultraman because Lego DC villains just did that plot, and I don't want to copy. <laughs> I didn't even know there was an Ultraman. I really don't know much about like comic book stuff in general. Yeah, it's the so, uh, the Justice Society. They come from like another. I think it's the Justice Society. They come from another Earth, and they're kind of like different versions of them. But then they turn evil, and it's just weird. Like there's Owlman and mm. everything. Well, lots of games feature creatures from other planets. 
kind of like Pikmin 3 Deluxe Switch version, which will arrive on October 30th, 2020. I had to take the segue opportunity. I had to do it. It was just too good. <laughs> That's from Jenny Leda at Silicon Era. Um, have, I've not played Pikmin before. I don't know if I'm getting this or not. I'll cop it. I haven't played it. And I think that's the point. Everyone's like, I know I focus too much on what people say, but it's like, I like being in the conversation. I think everyone's like, yo, why would you buy this for $60? And I mean, I get it, but it's like, they're adding more content. Let's be honest. And everyone's tired of this excuse. No one bought the Wii U. There's so many good (laughs) games they made that nobody played. And now they're coming out on the Switch and every IP gets a resurgence when they come on the Switch. So I mean, it's a good move for... Um, Nintendo, I mean, if you want to say, like, I don't want to pay 60 I get that, but... But the, everyone, everyone spends $60 on these things. Like, I feel like I had this conversation with uh, Tropical Freeze, when talking on Tropical Freeze came out, when Link's Awakening came out, when uh, when Mario, um, New Super Mario Bros. U Deluxe came out, when Mario Kart 8 Deluxe came out. Mm-hmm. Like, it's always like, why is 60 bucks? They're not adding anything new to it. And it's the same thing every time. It's like, well, people are buying it, so... yeah. They're going to keep doing it. Like, if you don't want it to happen, then don't buy it. But everyone buys it. I buy it. And people, like, people make these games. Like, they still put work into these ports. Labor has to be paid. Like, games are probably going to 70 bucks now. So, I mean, obviously a port mm-hmm. doesn't need that. But it's like, yeah, we still see that games aren't really making that much, even from the $60 price tag. So, I, I think it makes sense. I think people think they know how to price a game, but they're not really making the game. I guess. Mm-hmm. So it's hard to tell like what you need to put your budget towards and what makes and the also, price the price. If they're they're obviously making more money off of this than they would off of Breath of the Wild 2. Mm-hmm. But the profit off of this goes towards Breath of the Wild 2 as well. So like I don't mind. I'm just funding the company I like because I want more games from them. So you never I don't know, it doesn't really bother me too much. Yeah, Nintendo's usually a company too that like they'll take pay cuts or step down or something if they need to like yeah, help exactly. Things. So it's not kind of it's not like an EA or anything in my mind. So I don't <laughs> think Nintendo needs to make a profit. Obviously, there's a bottom line, but I don't think it's like CEOs being greedy, being like, "Hey, we need more money." Like it is going to a lot of the devs and everything too. Well, Nintendo had a huge loot box problem. They really screwed people in Splatoon too. So. <laughs> Yeah, Doom Eternal, okay. Splatoon two by not making a having a matchmaking. Yeah, okay, that is very valid, and by having Salmon Run be uh, time based and not or um, it's it's not available all the time. It's available at certain times. It's ridiculously stupid. I don't like it. Yeah, I don't know why. A lot of people are going to like that Doom Eternal and the Elder Scrolls Online have been announced for PS5 and Xbox Series X with free upgrades. Brent, you must be excited about this one. I know you love Elder Scrolls Online. Oh, yeah, and so, Doom Eternal. <laughs> yeah, so I need to get back into but Doom Eternal. I, I have an underrated tweet, and I found it super funny. I was like, I bought this on Steam. It's like, I bought this on Steam. Do I get a free upgrade when PC2 comes out? <laughs> but no, that's exciting. I mean, I didn't buy it on PS4, but I think I will so my brother can play it because he game shares with me. So it's hype to know that like all these games are going to PS5. If you haven't played Doom Eternal, it's $30 right now. Please play it. It's the best shooter I've ever played. And if you can't play it on PC, play it on there. Because mouse and keyboard just... I'm telling you, it makes such a difference for Doom. Like, it's like it's god a godly experience playing Doom on mouse and keyboard. It's designed for Doom. There was a video... Or, uh, designed for mouse and keyboard. There was the video of the mar- guy fighting a martyr. 
on on PC and seeing him I can't even comprehend how he moved so fast, but it's because I'm thinking about a controller he's using keyboard and mouse. But he destroyed the martyr in like ten seconds. Mm-hmm. But like switching between weapons super fast and all that. What I find funny here is the first thing we heard from Bethesda putting a game on PS5 is like something coming over, like a port of some kind, was not Skyrim. And that was very surprising. (laughs) Makes me think, are they going to charge us for Skyrim when Skyrim comes to PS5? If they do, it better be like they better get the mods in there, (laughs) like on the disc. Yeah, Elder Scrolls 6 is like 15 years away. So here's. Here's going to be some some Skyrim in the meantime. I can see them doing that. That's probably like their big E3 zinger. It's like Skyrim free <laughs> upgrade. Would it be though, or people like I, I don't know? Like, w- do people still play Skyrim a lot? I, I kind of feel like it's not a joke. Skyrim itself is not a joke, but this idea that it's still around has kind of become a joke. I, I had a manager from Dairy Queen. He was super chill. The only game he ever really played was Skyrim. And he played it all the time. So it's a great game, and he really loved hmm. it. I still go back and play it. It's still one of my favorite games. I was thinking about doing a... I want to do a new run, but I'm not sure if the new run should be in VR or if it should be with a bunch of graphics mods. Because I, I try to go back to that game every year. I own every copy of it, unfortunately. So I mean, Even Switch? You can play it on Switch. Yeah. Great place to play Switch. it. It's all right. <laughs> I had to wait <laughs> literally 24 hours for my code from GameStop, though, so please don't buy digital codes from GameStop app. They literally make you wait 24 hours to get it. That's that's ridiculously stupid. It, was it does Christmas it, money. It was so, I was so mad. I can only imagine that it takes 24 hours because they have really old DOS-based computers, <laughs> and it takes them 24 hours to process the code and send it to you because it's just that slow. It's the only logical explanation. There could be nothing else. Usually when companies are like, oh, it may take up to 24 hours, they give it to you. Like like PayPal, it's always like, oh, it may take hours or 24 hours to get your money, and it's always there in like two seconds. Yeah. I don't know why GameStop was like, oh, we mean this literally. <laughs> they have literally the code at a timer, like send code in and then counting down the seconds until it, it counts. But... It was exactly 24 hours. <laughs> it was like that. <laughs> This is why GameStop is ruined. <laughs> They're done. <laughs> Honestly. Except I feel bad because there's a, a really good worker in one of the malls in Kentucky, and he was so sad I was moving. So rip that guy, I guess. He was trying to get manager. <laughs> um, the final two quest log items here in the fetch quest. We have Cyberpunk 2077 will have a new Night City Wire, August 10th, which... If you're watching us on Twitch, is tomorrow. If you're listening to us as a podcast, it happened yesterday, and I hope you like it because it was. It was we can't bad. talk about it yet. It was, it was so bad. bad. Don't watch it. <laughs> no, no, no. It's cyberpunk. It's gonna be great. I'm super excited. Is it? Yeah, it's gonna be awesome. I'm super pumped. The game the looks la- so generic. <laughs> no, man, you're I crazy. Love the Witcher. The writing's gonna be great, but man, that gameplay doesn't look good. Well, I had the same concern over Avengers, and then it turned out the gameplay apparently was not that bad. So it could just be Cyberpunk is the next Avengers. Who knows? It could be <laughs> the next Avengers. <laughs> President Trump's Tencent executive order doesn't target video games is our final little blurb here. Um, Tr- President Trump is going to have this. Um, he's basically he was going to 
put a stop on transactions involving WeChat. And people thought that because he's going after WeChat, which is a company that is also owned by the same people who own Tencent, who makes the games that we all like, or some of the games, or at least has a, a vested interest in games that we like, that it would impact the video games too. And it's not, so we don't have to be worried. So that's that's good news. I'm curious to see how that goes, because I know they also said TikTok has to sell its... They have to sell TikTok to a U.S. company in like 48 days or something, or it gets banned. So I think there's things like that. I, I think they came out and said it won't attack games, but I could see a war on Tencent eventually, which would be weird because Tencent owns literally everything. I had a tweet where I was like, that epic gamer moment when Tencent owns literally every game. Because that, that's how it is at this point. Don't they own like 100% <laughs> of Riot games or something? They own a lot of shares of a lot of different companies. They're definitely all over the place. But I don't know... I don't know how much it involves. I'm, I'm usually very skeptical of China, China being involved in companies, but it, I don't think they're changing the games in any way. So I don't know. Yeah, I don't people, know. People were upset when Tencent was like, hey, we're partnering with the Pokemon company to make a MOBA. <laughs> Which I'm glad Darby thinks looks fun because that game looks really fun. And I'm glad we're the only two that think so. Yeah, you were literally the only two. I, I think most people couldn't care less about that. <laughs> but that's that's just me. I don't know. I in that case with the, that a specific announcement, I think it was just so weird how they announced it. It was like they had a day of announcing some stuff that wasn't all that huge, and then said, and then tomorrow we're gonna have another announcement, and it's like, ooh, what's that one gonna be? And then it was just the United. I don't know. It was weird. I'm not big into mobas though, so. That, I'm also not a big PC player, so I think that's why I'm missing that kind of MOBA I like League, interest. so I mean, Unite looks yeah. good. I mean, I was hoping for a Diamond and Pearl remake, but I'll take what I can get. My trackpad on my laptop keeps disconnecting. Or my external trackpad. I can't move it. I can't get to the next story. There we go. That's so weird. There we go. It's all fixed now. So we've got to the Microsoft Quest log, which is a new story that just popped up right before we started recording. Chad, it's the I, only thing in our Microsoft Quest log. That is disrespect, Chad. I'm trying not to interrupt you with chat, but that is... <laughs> you said I look like <laughs> the Link Amiibo. <laughs> I mean, that's a fair, favorable comparison. Link is awesome. I mean, true, but I'm trying to get my hair cut so this blonde goes away. Also, Dallas, <laughs> Nick Merckx like your tweet. He finally noticed you, buddy. Go get your setup. I don't even know who Nick Merckx is. Who's Nick Merckx? He's this really good streamer, and Dallas has been harassing him on Twitter for, like, a week. <laughs> Trying to get him to, like, buy him a setup. <laughs> well, I'm very happy for you, Dallas. That's, that's huge news. Um, speaking of huge news, this is a, again the new story that just came out, breaking for the first time ever on Kotaku, not not us. But it's a report leaked controller mentions second next gen Xbox console. So there's a picture of the uh, white Xbox next gen controller, and on the package it says that it's going to be compatible with the Xbox Series X and S, which is the first time we've seen that that um, it can officially refer to. Um, the Verge were able to confirm that the photos were actually real. So it seems like this is official. This is happening. And then uh, Jeff Grubbs, who is a, uh, um, a commentator, he he said that in the next few weeks we're going to find out. The next three weeks we'll find out about the console. 
hype. So it's official. I'm gonna I'm a Sony fanboy, but man, I'm gonna enjoy Sony fanboys tears whenever Xbox comes out and says that the Series X is for one cheaper than the PS5, and for two that the Series S is way cheaper. Because man, PlayStation fanboys can be annoying sometimes, and we'll get to that. <laughs> we will talk about that later on. Um, yeah, the I'm very curious how these two products get priced. Because I think I already I agree with you that Series X is probably going to be cheaper than PS5, which means I'm thinking means four hundred dollars. IGN is this going to be like three hundred? Like PlayStation undercutting Xbox, and I was like, man, that's not what's going to happen. Microsoft was a hundred percent undercutting Sony. <laughs> also, Microsoft has way more money than Sony does as an organization. They can afford to to lose money on the series x yeah, they don't especially with their new model They've of not really caring about the boxes being sold i don't know i don't know yeah i just remember it came out that they never really made profit off of xbox anyways which is really where they get into like game pass and xbox live gold and all mm-hmm. that so i didn't mean to cut you off but no no, no you're good no worries Yes, I'm, I'm i'm excited to finally see this i had predicted in our kind of summer games best fest that we weren't going to see it, and it looks like I was wrong. Looks like it's going to happen, which I'm actually more excited it's happening than it's not happening. Moving on to the Sony Quest log, though, we actually have some bigger stories to talk about here. The first is the state of play for August, or early August. Maybe there's one happening later on in the month. We'll find out. And there were some... Pr- it was just supposed to be kind of a smaller event, but I thought there was still some pretty big stuff to talk about here. It started off with Crash Bandicoot 4, About Time, and they kind of showed off some new playable characters and talked a little bit more about the kind of philosophy behind making this new game. They had the Hitman Trilogy, which is going to be playable in PSVR. That's awesome. Big deal. Big deal. Braid Anniversary Editions coming early 2021. I'm also excited for that. Spelunky 2 is releasing September 15th for PS4. Control, the AWE, or as I call it, the AWE expansion. Is it AWE or is it AWE? Uh, I don't know, because it's kind of Alan Wake expansion. Like, it's is it Alan like Wake expansion? Okay. So it's like, I don't know. Okay. Like, probably so AWE, that's, I guess. I'm calling it the AWE expansion. That's coming August 27th, and it is the crossover between Control and, and Alan Wake, which is very cool. And I think they've also said their next game is also going to be in the same kind of Alan Wake Control universe, which is cool. That'd be sick. I haven't played either of them, but that would be sick. I liked Alan Wake. It was good. And I need to play Control. I've, I enjoyed what little that I played. Temtem is a Pokemon-like MMO that is coming to PS5 that was shown off. Hood, Outlaws and Legends was announced for um, PS5, which is a... Was it like 4v4 or something like that? That looked cool. I didn't watch the state of play. What... Hey, it, it was, was good. It was early, and I work until 3 a.m. I was asleep. <laughs> well, the only other things you missed out on were Bug Snacks gameplay and then Godfall gameplay. But I watched both of them online. Both look pretty good. Godfall, Godfall. I'm extremely hyped for even since the Game Awards. That yeah, I like didn't. My jam. I wasn't sure what to make of Godfall, but now that I've seen gameplay of it, I'm 100% sold. Also, it's not much at launch I'm probably going to be playing, so it's like, might as well get this game. It looks like it's going to be cool. Yeah, I'm I'm more excited for Godfall now. That looks awesome. Super pumped about that. Um, did you play Braid? Have you played Braid before? I have not. I haven't either, 
but I've always wanted to play it. Uh, Jonathan Blow, who made that game, also made The Witness. I love The Witness. It's probably among one of my favorite games. And so I feel like I need to play Braid. And I've I've put it on Barf a few times to kind of uh, relate to you there. Uh, I've, I've also felt the pain when Braid gets put up there and doesn't get chosen. So I really <laughs> want to play Braid. So I'm thinking, okay, the anniversary edition is coming out. Maybe that, that will finally, finally happen. I do have but, a question to ask you real quick because I was just thinking yeah. about when we were talking about launch. When you get your PS5 and you go to the store and you get your launch games, are you going to yeah. get them physically or digitally? Because I'm going to get digitally for the whole generation, but I think I'm going to get physical like that night so I can play them, like Spider-Man and all that. So I wasn't sure like what people's thought process is when getting a new console, launch games, and all that. So I'm doing digital, the digital-only version of the PS5. So everything's going to be digital. I never use this, the disk drive on my PS4, like, ever. And my X, I have the digital version of the Xbox One. So I'm totally, totally into the digital side at this point. Yeah. I don't think I'll ever get a physical disc ever again. I can't see it happening. I'm going to get the disc drive for sure for my other stuff, but I, I'm going to go full and digital this generation. I just don't want to come home with my PS5 and wait, like, five hours for spider-man to install yeah that's one thing i'm not looking forward to i really hope even though it's probably not logistically possible that there will be some sort of mechanism to say hey i pre-ordered this game please install it so it's just ready to play at launch probably not going to happen i would like it to happen yeah they could do like a little spider-man bundle or something like that maybe yeah it's gonna come with Regardless, it's still going to come with the, uh, what is it, the Playroom, Astrobot Playroom. Mm-hmm. That's going to be pre-installed, so that will be there regardless. So while I'm waiting for something to play, I'll have that to, um, that, I guess it's like a demo, but it's not really a demo, it's a little more involved than that. It's like apparently like four hours of content. So yeah, I'll have I, that to play at least. I was a little upset when I found out that was like just a pack-in demo title, because it looked really cool. It's just to kind of show off the controller is what it seems like. It's all about the controller. I guess so. I'm excited to hear your thoughts on the next story, though. Because I think this is going to mean a lot more to you than it is to me. And that is that Marvel's Avengers Spider-Man event is coming to PlayStation in 2021. Thank you, Brianna Reeves at PlayStation Lifestyle. So early next year, Spider-Man, which has no relation to the Insomniac version, he will be introduced via a PlayStation-exclusive event, which will kind of have unique challenges centered around Spider-Man. He is going to have his own skill trees, he's going to have his own feel in combat, customizable cosmetic options, all that stuff, just like all the other characters in the game. It's pretty much all we know right now. This has... This is going to link into our console war conversation later on, for sure. But what did you think of the announcement? Because you have a PS4. Yeah, it's iffy because part of me wants to get it on PC because I do want to enjoy like Death of Field and all that and like Field of View. But part of me is also like I was already going to get it on PS4 to play with you guys. The whole conversation of is PlayStation anti-consumer though that's kind of like spurred from this is. Short answer, I think so, but not because of Spider-Man. I have a bunch of reasons I think Sony's anti-consumer. But in terms of the Spider-Man exclusivity, I'm not too upset about it. I mean, I get I get it. I have a PS4. Whatever. I understand that. But I even... I had an Xbox when Spider-Man PS4 came out, and he was always my favorite superhero next to Batman. And I didn't get too upset about it. I guess I was like, 
okay, I'll save up for PS4, I guess, because that's just kind of how the cookie crumbles. And I want to do more research on his game rights, because I know Sony owns the film rights, but I thought I saw somewhere that they own something about his game rights. I don't know. I'm going to do more research before the entitled PlayStation podcast films. But regarding that, if it was Insomniac Spider-Man, I would 100% understand. I'm upset it's not. I want Yuri Lowenthal to hang out with the Avengers. I think that would be sick. That's upsetting that it's not. So either way, I don't think... I'm not going to get too upset about like everyone else's. Like I understand... If you're an Xbox player and you want Spider-Man because he's your favorite. But at the end of the day, I understand Spider-Man. Now, there's a rumor saying they might get more uh, exclusive heroes. I don't really support that. Because you can make a case for Spider-Man. I can't really make a case for any other heroes. Like, why do you need more than one exclusive hero on PlayStation? It's it's a weird Mm -hmm. slope. Exclusivity really is weird. It's... It's supposed to be really good for the consumer because it's supposed to drive like competition and everything. Sometimes it may not be, but I'm just I want to see what comes of it. I understand Sony's got to do what they got to do to sell PS5s, so I don't know. Yeah, I mean I don't really have a horse in the race because I'm I might at this point I might get Avengers, but I have to, I still have to be convinced. But I've never really been warmed up to it, so like I don't really feel like I have a horse in this race. Um, I am curious how integrated Spider-Man's going to be into the story of the game because of the exclusivity? Like, how much could he really be a part of the story in a meaningful way if he that part of the story can't be told on Xbox? So is he going to be really just a character that you can put in your roster? And if that's the case, I think this is an example of how the exclusivity can hurt the experience. And like in that way, I can kind of get why Xbox fans are upset because not only do they not get the character, they also don't get to see how that character would interact in the story. And that second part also is could be a concern for PlayStation players where like, yeah, you have this character, but when it comes to cutscenes and it comes to the story happening, that character you love to play might not even be a part of the story. Um, so I think like I get why Sony's doing it. I'm not I don't. I, I don't know if it's anti-consumer. Like I'm kind of with you there. Like I don't know if it's anti-consumer, just because this is a pretty normal practice. Hmm. Like how many years did Xbox have like exclusive DLC and things like mm-hmm. that before PlayStation got? I mean, PlayStation's had it for a while now, but yeah. Blessing, I think, said something really good on PS. I love you. I'm kind of funny. I can't remember if it was Blessing or Imran. I think it was Blessing. He it was something about like once they do like the big year two expansion, it could be like for year one. They're not really doing anything, and I agree with this fully. Like, you're one, they're not really going to do anything for you because the campaign's already done. Even Greg said that, like, you're going to beat the campaign, it's going to be done already before Spider Man even comes out. But then, whenever year two happens, Spider Man will have to be there. I don't think on Xbox, if he's not, if he's still exclusive, I don't think there's any room for them to, like, not put Spider Man in the cutscenes. It's like an ultimate, ultimate alliance thing. It's like, there's people in the cutscene, but they're not in your party. Like, you're not necessarily, like, they don't have, like, a lot of exclusives. Except technically the first one technically did on Xbox for a little bit, but I don't know. There's not really exclusives, but it's the same thing. It's, like, people are in the cutscenes, but you're not necessarily playing as them. So, like, Spider-Man could be there trying to fight Ultron or whatever, but doesn't mean you have to play as Spider-Man. So, I don't know. I mean, there's going to be more characters in Avengers than just the four you get in a team anyway, so... I don't think there's any room for saying that he can't be in a cutscene. 
it's not that he can't be present in the cutscene, but he can't be a meaningful part of the story in that cutscene. Like, there might not be, like, I guess there's going to be character-specific missions in the game that add to the story fully. Will we have that for Spider-Man? Will he be a part of the story? Um, he could be in the background for sure. What I'm curious though is like, so Hawkeye was also announced recently as a character. Hawkeye, I pretty, I'm looking this up right now, but I'm pretty sure he has his own like story content as well. Yeah, he gets his own kind of like story mission. I think they said they have an arc, arc for, an arc for him or something. I'm not sure how mm-hmm. much it's gonna go, but it seems like every hero is gonna get like their own mission like there's like a hulk mission in the beta or something right now so yeah but i'm curious if that's gonna happen with spider-man or not because if it's not then i think that the exclusivity has hurt it if the expansion does include a story content then it's just exclusive to sony it's pretty much like it's always been so i know we'll kind of see how it plays out sorry i'd say it is weird especially for a game as a service because that's like saying destiny a warlock is exclusive to PlayStation. So, like, it is weird. I'm not too mad about it, but thinking about yeah. how he's going to play in, like I said, I think the cutscene will still have him, but I can understand, like, yeah, there's missions that are cut out on Xbox. Like, mm-hmm. that's content that is totally exclusive. Honestly, it's probably going to be a year exclusivity at this point. Like, I think mm-hmm. Crystal, Dynamic- Crystal Dynamics has to go up to Sony and be like, look, like, we have to pad this out for have some content for xbox and pc players like what are we gonna do pc players are probably gonna mod spider-man in the game anyway so i think at some point there's got to be like okay he's a year exclusive i think with all this backlash Mm -hmm. they might backpedal a little bit and just make him a year so by the point by the time year two comes around then the spider-man's in there just kind of like they did with the survival mode on modern warfare 2019 which i'm so mad about but even though that kind of turned out to be trash. But I don't know. We'll see. We'll see how it goes. The Warlock comparison in Destiny is a good comparison. Because it's not so much a skin. It really is like having a new character class mm-hmm. that's taken out. I Yeah, I mean, would I be surprised if it, was, if it was a timed exclusive? I wouldn't be. I guess I wouldn't be surprised either way. There's just still a lot we don't know about this and how it's going to play out. So I think that's a good segue into the next part. Because... This kind of we've touched upon this already, but rumor Sony doing quote a lot of third party PlayStation exclusive content. It comes from Chandler Wood at PlayStation Lifestyle. He wrote the article, but it was Imran Khan who made the comments. Uh, he said them on Reset Era. He said there'd be more upset because next year will be a marathon of similar third party exclusive deals in PlayStation's favor. In a separate rumor, Final Fantasy 16 might be a timed exclusive for PS5. So we should ex- apparently be expecting a lot of these third-party exclusive deals to the benefit of PS5. Do they need it, though? It's like my main thing hearing that is, does Sony need to sell you a PS5 this bad? It's like some... Like I said, Sony's not a perfect company. I think I said it before we started filming. As much as a Sony fanboy as I am, I think their games are all they have going for them because Microsoft has made such an effort to be like, hey, we just want what's best for the gamer. So they're not out making all these like weird deals and stuff like that. Like Final Fantasy, I guess, has had like a home on PlayStation for a while. So like 16 being a year exclusive, is, I'm okay with it. Like I had a, a manager at one one of my old jobs, he really liked Final Fantasy. Like he was an Xbox guy and I would play Final Fantasy 7 Remake and he would ask me about it. He didn't seem 
too upset about it because that's just what we're accustomed to at this point especially with certain like franchises mm-hmm. i wouldn't be surprised if kingdom hearts like four or something whatever in 15 years when that comes out like if that was a year exclusive or something like that but in, in regards of like third-party dlc and stuff being like mm-hmm. a exclusive for a little bit it's just it's annoying at this point like i was tired of waiting a month for black ops 3 dlc back in the day just because i wanted to play those zombies masks why can't i play them at some point it's like i get you need exclusives to drive your console but when is enough enough it never is enough <laughs> they'll always <laughs> keep doing this uh i i totally feel in the time exclusives because with time exclusive it's not like it's taking advantage of the ps5 in a unique way like if this game let's say final fantasy 16 is ps5 exclusive they can't take advantage of the ssd in a, in a unique way because they have to make that game on xbox later on and they know that because it's a timed exclusive so it's it's when it's more of a business decision that it bugs me but if it was hey we're making this game because we want to make this game exclusively on ps5 because we want to do this unique thing with the architecture that it has i'm all for that that's cool um, it doesn't feel like it's purely about business, but like things like the Spider-Man thing, things like, um, like this potential of other kind of third-party exclusive deals, like a DLC, like you kind of mentioned, that doesn't. I don't know if that's gonna. I don't think if it's gonna be as compatible with the future of games because Microsoft's really changing this kind of way of thinking. I think. Yeah. But it, it's a strong arm move, and it's gonna get people to buy a PS5, which will support the existence of that business model and that kind of mentality going forward so yeah yeah <laughs> yeah i can understand with things like P- spider-man ps4 like insomniac has said like it wouldn't be possible without sony because they helped to make it but in terms of like, yeah. third-party games where sony's just slapping a bag of money on a table like that doesn't really serve a purpose it's like technically but there's not a lot of people thinking that final fantasy 7 right now is an exclusive because it's going to come mm-hmm. to xbox so like Right now, it's like hailed as a Sony exclusive, but when is that really going to stop when it goes to Xbox, right? Like, how's that going to shift Sony's narrative or whatever and change things like that? I think they should be focusing on more more new IPs instead of just trying to make everything exclusive. Mm-hmm. In, in terms of third-party stuff, of course. No, I feel you. Like, I'd rather have a Bloodborne situation. Yeah. Like, that'd be cool. Yeah, make another Bloodborne ip instead of making dark souls 4 exclusive kind of thing like mm-hmm. that or just make bloodborne 2 <laughs> i'd be cool so. with that what are they doing <laughs> with that exactly i'd be totally fine with that exclusivity we'll well i'm sure we'll touch on that more when we get to our console war discussion but before we get to that we have an ad read for you i'd like to tell you a little bit about affable idiots affable idiots is the brand new brand under which our podcast and podcast um podcast blah actually drew blank here which are podcast which are products and podcasts will live like respawning fire um our new off-color mr rogers type show called aawy and also with you and much more to come the video versions of our podcasts are only the first of many amazing things we're bringing you this spring and also coming up on 
the, the summer and fall that we're currently in right now. And we need your support. First, the easiest and freest thing you can do for us right now is to go subscribe to three YouTube channels. This channel, Respawning Fire, our parent channel, Affable Idiots, and our sister podcast, AAWY, and also with you. Links to these are in the description below, and we need 100 subscribers for each in order to have a custom YouTube URL with our name in it, like youtube.com slash Respawning Fire. So right now it's youtube.com slash number sign, dollar sign, bunch of other symbols that I couldn't possibly say in a row. You can also do us more good than you know by leaving us a sweet and sexy review over on every podcast service you listen um, to us on. And um, to those of you, you, even those you don't, stars are great. And we want them all. But words of affirmation are, are the affable idiot's love language. So feel free to drop us a message in there, too. Finally, excuse me. Respawning Fire has a Patreon over at patreon.com forward slash Respawning Fire. Your continued support there has literally paid for our ticket to E3 this June, which you didn't do. This is an old script that I need to change. <laughs> and Chad does this every week, so like I haven't even like, looked at it. Um, so yeah, um, we'll go to E3 next year, so we'll pay for that as well. And we're incredibly grateful to each and every one of you. If you want to support us, $1 gets you playtime with each of us, influence over what we play for barf each month, and super cool sexy wallpapers for your electronic supercomputers. Um, one thing that the Patreon has paid for... Um, I'll be doing a Twitch stream in September. I'm starting, so I had a capture card I got for that and other things as well. So look forward to that. After I'm basically done working on the grind, which I should plug right now as well, um, I'll be focusing on the stream as well. The grind is upcoming. It's going to be launching. I was trying to get it August 22nd, but that slipped. It's August 31st is when it's going to launch. It's going to be a three-episode arc just talking about Google Stadia, why it's failed, comparing it to how other companies have introduced, been introduced to the market and why they were successful when Stadia failed, and then talking about the future of Stadia and whether or not it will end up um, being a meaningful platform going forward. So look forward to that August 31st. Three episodes, so one, one each week. It's yeah, it's going to be pretty awesome. I'm excited for it. But what's also awesome is our main quest, which actually talks about something we'll be I'll be talking about in the grind, which is should Apple allow XCloud? So we had a subscriber interrogative from at Matt from RI, and it was so good My it just became, Matt. yeah, the boy Matt, the boy Matt, <laughs> all like all capital, cap, capital T, capital B, the boy. It was so good we had to make it our main quest. The question is. Would love to get your thoughts on Apple slash xCloud developments. So let's just read a little bit about this. So you start an article here from Ron um, Amadeo from Ars Technica. Apple won't let Stadia or xCloud into iOS, citing App Store guidelines. So Apple claims that they won't allow game streaming apps on their platform because they can't review every single game for the platform. The games would also be locked to the app, which means that they're unable to integrate into the App Store, which would allow for you know user reviews, but also like um, um, in-app purchases would be kind of avoided in that case and apple wants that share of that money the app store guideline forbids store-like interfaces and remote desktop-esque services that connect to a non-user owned device so you can have a uh like a pc or a mac at your home that you can remote desktop into because it's your device that's different you can't remote into google stadia server because that's a, a different computer that you don't as the user own that's kind of the distinction they're, they're drawing there and then the store-like services, that's just basically Apple preventing other companies from bypassing the 
cut that Apple gets from any App Store um, purchases. So that's kind of Apple's arguments for this. Microsoft provided a statement to The Verge, and then we'll talk about our own opinions on this. Our testing period for Project xCloud preview app for iOS has expired. Unfortunately, we do not have a path to bring our vision of cloud gaming with Xbox Game Pass Ultimate to gamers on iOS via the Apple App Store. Apple stands alone as the only general-purpose platform to deny consumers from cloud gaming and game subscription services like Xbox Game Pass, and it consistently treats gaming apps differently, applying more lenient rules to non-gaming apps even when they include interactive content. All, game avail- all games available in the Xbox Game Pass catalog are rated for content by independent industry ratings bodies such as the ESRB and regional equivalents. We are committed to finding a path to bring cloud gaming with Xbox Game Pass Ultimate to the iOS platform. We believe the customer should be at the heart of the gaming experience, and gamers tell us they want to play, connect, and share anywhere, no matter where they are. We agree. Do you agree, Brent? No, but I want to hear your thoughts on it first, since you're more knowledgeable on everything. I think this is ridiculous for Apple to do. I fully don't understand this um for a few reasons one they've actually allowed game streaming services in the past on live was available on ipad and iphone and it worked you could play the games on there i can't remember nor is able to look up um if you could buy the games i'm assuming you still probably couldn't even back then but they allowed game streaming services then. It just wasn't until recently they decided that they couldn't do this for some reason. Now, their argument is that they can't review every game. I find this really strange. They On iOS, you can get Twitter, you can get Facebook, you can get Instagram, you can get YouTube, you can get TikTok, you can get a number of services that stream content from the internet to your device that is not approved by Apple. Apple does not approve every tweet. They don't approve every single Facebook post. They don't approve every single YouTube video. And you can... There's no problem there. That's totally fine and totally allowed. Whereas games have the SRB or Peggy or some sort of rating board that has never been in a huge way contested for not having the integrity to host... Uh, a standardized rating platform. No one can test ESRB or Peggy. Like it's a very well respected rating system. So you have when it one group. Microtransactions. Well, yeah, but that's not like to the content of the game or to something that that hasn't already been handled by Apple in that case. Um, well, I guess they wouldn't have control over microtransactions within those games themselves. That could be different, but ultimately there hasn't been a reason for them to not allow twitter or those other apps on the platform why should it be a reason here you have ratings standardized ratings for the games and you have absolutely no standardization for well you have some sort of content moderation there's a lot of questions as to how effective it is for social media platforms you can go to twitter and you can see straight up porn you can just see straight up porn on twitter and that's fine on ios but not a video game that's been approved by the ESRB. I find that part really weird. The other part, this is my last part, sorry. <laughs> uh, no, you're good. Last point. The last thing is with, actually there's two parts. One is with it being interactive. What difference does that make? I really don't understand the interactive aspect of this. So basically, they, Apple's saying that because it's interactive, they don't want to allow the, the streaming of the content. 
but really every platform is interactive twitter twitter is interactive you know if you're using a music streaming service that's interactive because you're hitting the play button to make the music play and not play based on a server somewhere else on a computer that you don't own so it it's fine for apple music it's fine for spotify it's fine for title it's fine for all these things you can interact there but because it's interacting in the context of a video game that somehow makes it different i don't understand that that doesn't make a lot of sense to me and then the final part is other stores have been allowed or other types of content have been allowed that would usually have a store. And that's been worked out. So like Kindle, for example, you cannot buy a Kindle book on the Kindle app or on the Amazon app, but you can still download the Kindle app and read the books you've already bought. Would it be too much to ask that at least Stadia and xCloud or any other game streaming service that wants to release in the future is allowed to have transactions off of the iOS device, but still allow people to play on the iOS device? I don't think that's unreasonable. They did it with Kindle. Why not here? So to kind of summarize all my points, they the whole reviewing every game doesn't make sense because they don't review everything on social media, but those apps are allowed, even if they have pornography on them. Um, at least in the case of Twitter, they have pornography on them. Um, the second point i can't remember right now and then the third point was that they have like apps that you can purchase content on um chad has a two cents he wants to throw in here too he says this is in the uh, twitch chat he said my two cents they're fumbling around and making up excuses because they made up these rules 10 years ago and they haven't kept up with the times so they don't know how to handle it make your voice heard and tell them to change their guidelines yeah and i agree we need to to change their guidelines uh, I would disagree on the the ten years part because ten years ago, within the past ten years, they've had on live, and that was allowed. So this is actually a more recent change. Um, but either way, the voice needs to be heard because uh, this is ridiculous. And I think Apple will listen because I've seen a lot of people on Reddit talk about l- leaving Apple to play games on Android because they would rather play games on their phone than have an iPhone. I think the biggest thing to take away from this. Honestly, it could probably be that Apple wants to make their own streaming services. Streaming uh, yeah. Services. It's <laughs> yeah. either that or it's like, like Chad said, like if they're just too stubborn, like whatever you're talking about, like on live or something, I don't know much about that, but maybe that was like a small thing. And now they're like, oh, Google and Microsoft trying to take our platform, like, which is still anti-consumer and bad. Like I said before, I was like, Apple sucks. Cause I mean, I like Apple as a platform. I think they do cool things. Like, honestly, most of my things are Apple besides PC because I would never have a Mac. But it's just like, why? They always have these guidelines. And sometimes I understand them. I understand the charger thing because they want to produce weight. They want to get rid of waste and everything. I understand that. But when it comes to things like this, this is just dumb. And I, I understand their browser thing, too. Like, they want certain trusted browsers, like, to be custom browser with the new update or whatever. I completely mm-hmm. understand this. understand that. But this, with not being able to have, have xCloud, it's 100% a competition thing, in my opinion. It's Apple and Google, like, I mean, not Google and Microsoft just standing above them being like, give us this. And Apple's like, no, we're not going to let you do things on our platform especially mm-hmm. if they want to start a google stadia or an xcloud or something it's gonna fail but i mean 
I don't know. It's just dumb. I, I think there's time for them to change it, but if they've had this testing for so long, like, mm-hmm. weren't they only able to play like MCC or something like that? Yeah, just the one game. So like, Well, the five games in the one game, but yeah. yeah. If they've had that for so long and like it hasn't been able to do anything with them, I'm sure they've had mm-hmm. plenty of meetings with Apple. They've probably tried to give Apple money and they haven't budged, so I don't know what they're going to do. Even the backlash, like Apple's way bigger than android i think some people saying they're gonna go to android isn't really gonna sway apple that much but i don't know i i I hope they change it and i still will make my voice heard but at this point what are we gonna do they've been Mm -hmm. known to be hella anti-consumer so what's really gonna happen with this yeah they definitely value having a lot of control over their platform for sure um the the whole whether or not they're making a game streaming service that I, I I'd be very interested to see if they do because if they do release a game streaming service and this happened, the antitrust lawsuits will come after them, hands down. I can't see it not happening. Um, Chad mentioned that OnLive never actually came out in iOS, and he says, "Believe me, I was thirsty for it. Thirsty in all caps." <laughs> um, I saw a video earlier today of it running on a, an iPad and iOS. Maybe that was a version that was unreleased. That could have been like um, a beta or something. It could have been a beta, yeah. But I saw it from several outlets, so I don't I don't actually know about that one. Um and I think I had it. I used on live for a little bit, but I can't remember now if it was on my iPad or on my desktop. I can't remember. But chat said it never came out, so um Yeah, it's just the whole thing is extremely strange. It's but I do think the pressure of them going to Android, people going to Android is actually great enough. Gamers is a huge market that Apple is not going to want to lose. It's like not having movies on your phone or not having music on your phone. Like it's going to start to feel like that once game streaming becomes really prominent and Apple doesn't want to miss out on that. And they're, although the iPhones are the number one selling phone, because of the multitude of Android phones that are out there, Apple only maintains like a 28% market share per quarter of all phones sold. So like there are a lot more Android phones sold. Um, and that's in America. Outside of America, the numbers are even more in, in, uh, in Android's favor. So I think it's a real possibility that a, a good segment of Apple's uh, user base could transition because they playing games on your phone is really important. I mean, it it I, will become really important in the future. I understand that, but it's also like how many like grandmas or like, like teenagers or just like soccer moms or something just get an iPhone or they that's what they give their kid or something like that. They use iPhone. It's like there's mm. so many people that just don't care about this that use Apple because it is the platform. Like people like yeah. Apple because they don't. Especially that's why I like Apple because I don't have to do anything on it. I had Android for mm-hmm. a while and it was fine, but I don't like widgets, which now Apple's adding widgets. Cool, but Android was all about customization, but I just don't care about that. I have my phone to just chill. I mean, yeah, if they had XCloud on it, I probably would use it and I would probably buy the little switch like controller thing, but it's like I wouldn't use it that much. So I think a lot of people are like me where they go to Apple for simplicity because they just don't care about other features. So Mm -hmm. it might be a little bit of a drop, but I think in like one, two years, it's not really going to make an impact on them because look at how much they sell also, like computers and watches and AirPods and a lot of things. I don't think it's going to affect them that much. I hope it does, but 
I don't think Apple's going to be too bothered by it. It ultimately depends on the user. So, like, Chad has another comment here. I'll touch on that in a second. Um, it depends on the user. So, like, someone like me, I have an Apple Watch. I have an iPad. I have the Mac. I have the iPhone. I'm not switching to Android again. I've done Android twice. I'm not doing it. I'll play. I'll suck it up. I'll play my games only on my on my monitor. Big deal for me. Someone like I heard was talking. I was listening to um, the kind of funny X cast, and Gary Witta shared his thoughts, which were very similar. Which is like he has his whole family. His whole family is involved in iOS now. They're not going to just transition over. Yeah, think Chad how said, many, "Like, sorry, oh, just how many like music good. producers and stuff, and like writers only use like Mac, like MacBooks and stuff mm-hmm. like that. Like, there's still so much of a market base of people that just don't care about that. Most professionals use Mac. Yeah, so." Yeah, the people who play games like religiously, those people are think I think could be swayed, but it's kind of deter- to be determined how many of those people are on Apple and would make the move. Chad is commenting on on live. I said I saw videos of on live. I wasn't sure if they were just an actual product or if it was a demo they were showing off. De- Chad said they had all sorts of adverts for it and they had the app to browse the catalog, but the online streaming part never actually ended up working. There's a Touch Arcade art, um, article detailing the end of on live and they mentioned that it never made it to iOS. Okay, that's good to know. Cool. Um, so they've been consistent about that then for 10 years. And then you change that. I don't think it makes any sense going forward. Yeah, it really doesn't. I mean, I get like YouTube and everything like I kind of get the interactive part of it's like you're meeting up with other players like MMO or something like that. Anything can happen. Mm-hmm. You can get scammed on Roblox or something. But I mean, you can get scammed on Twitter. So I mean, I get it. I get part of it. But it's if they, if online never existed, on live never existed on Apple, then 100% I believe Chad that it was probably a 10 year old thing that mm-hmm. just doesn't make sense anymore they kind of need to change on it but i do believe that they're seeing google and everything get into streaming be like we're apple we can do this even though that's what google said but Mm -hmm. i don't know yeah and to go into the whole antitrust part of that again where they are working on a service like hypothetically they're realizing their service is not going to be ready for a few more years if they can push it out and make it so there's no competition on their platform. There's not already like a precedent for using XCloud or for using um, uh, um, Stadia on, uh, laughingly saying Stadia on iOS. Then I I could see from a malicious standpoint them doing that, but I don't know. Like I, I guess I'm trying to be optimistic that they're not trying to do that, but it is kind of hard to not look at this from an antitrust lawsuit uh, perspective. Also considering they were just in an antitrust hearing uh, in Congress like last week. <laughs> so um, the timing of this is not great on their part, but we'll see how it turns out. Brent. Yeah. Hold on. Something, I don't know if you know about this about me and Chad. Me and Chad are incredibly fucking humble. So you have a whole segment called We Are So Fucking Humble. This week, you wanted to discuss something very particular. Yes. You were our guest. We are so humble. The floor is yours. I'll try to keep this brief, but it's this is a thing that's been climbing my mind for like a week or two. Like I want to make a video on it because like some people, I don't. I'm trying not to be like that because I don't want to sound like pretentious or anything. <laughs> like saying some people just don't understand. Like it sounds pretentious. But one thing I want to touch on is console wars and how useless and pointless they are in 2020 
because so many people want to defend like a hunk of plastic like i get it you spend 500 dollars on a box you want to support it which is understandable but you don't need a dunk on someone else to get satisfaction for buying it and honestly one tidbit xbox does not care like (laughs) they don't they've said plenty of times that they're not trying to sell a box they're doing this just because that's just what happens that's the industry Mm -hmm. is you release a new box and honestly i mean if they didn't release it and there was only a ps5 for one it's a monopoly and for two it's like the xbox would probably get undercut so much even if they don't care about selling a box so they're gonna make one but they don't want you to buy it. the fact that halo infinite is on xbox one like the vcr version they have xbox live gold which it sucks that they're not taking away because i think that would be the ultimate zinger for them but absolutely if game pass they have so many things that they just don't care about and i get some people will say like oh that's just because sony dominated in this generation and maybe so but you also have to think about management that was Don mm-hmm. Matrick at the beginning of this generation, who was all about movies. Hey, this is the Xbox One. We're we're about movies, and then now you have Phil Spencer, who's on, who's like, we're about games. We just want to see the gamers be happy, and we want to give stuff for the community. That he, he said plenty of times he likes PlayStation. He's not trying to undercut them. So it's like there's so many Sony boys like myself, but so many other sony boys that just like go out and attack xbox like xbox they have halo halo looks bad look here's horizon zero dawn it looks amazing (laughs) that's not all sony has i mean that's not all microsoft has and even then a lot of sony ps5 games aren't coming out on the ps4 i think one of the only ones from that state of play that one time was probably bug snacks coming to ps4 and a couple others (laughs) So I understand, and honestly, Halo doesn't look that bad. People took one screenshot of Halo and said it looked awful. <laughs> that like, screenshot looked really bad. Yeah, <laughs> that, that one screenshot looked really bad. That screenshot's bad, but the rest of Halo <laughs> didn't look that bad. And honestly, I believe it's like a five months old build because yeah, Microsoft was it like, makes hey, sense. People were begging us for Halo gameplay. They're gonna say the game's gonna be delayed if we don't show it. Do you have a build ready? And 343 is like, oh, we have a build from like four months ago. It's the only one ready. I believe that's what happened. I think Halo is going to look not like drastically different when it comes out, but it's going to look better. Mm-hmm. And also, I, was this on, was the whole controller thing this week or last week? Did y'all cover it last week? The DualShock Which 4 controller? and DualSense thing? Oh, actually, that was technically this week and I didn't include it. But yeah, so the whole the DualShock 4 controller is... Uh, we'll work on PS5, but not for PS5 games. Yes. That ruffles my feathers. And that's another thing where I think Sony is anti-consumer. And I get in a lot of fights on Twitter because I'm young and this is the only time I have to do it. And I get really scrappy. But it's like I've been trying to like explain to people so much that Xbox is allowing their controllers to be used on Series X. DualSense may have adaptive triggers, which is awesome, but the fact of the matter is they have to develop for the lowest common denominator, which is the Xbox One controller. If that doesn't have adaptive triggers, then third-party games aren't going to be exclusive to adaptive triggers. And then even Sony exclusives, I don't think 
there's going to be so many exclusive that need you to feel the vibration of the trigger like to pull it halfway i think there's a way mm-hmm. around it if you were to do so and then like the microphone just plug in a microphone and blow on it like there's so many ways a dualshock 4 could be used especially yeah. since and everyone's like oh it's not people are acting like the dual sense doesn't come in the box it does but it doesn't come with four dual senses to be able to play a dumb party game like if i want to play overcooked with my family where we're just grabbing any controller we have like we're not worried about adaptive triggers and stuff like that to just play something with my family like things like that like the switch lets you use like gamecube controllers and joy cons and pro controllers and this that and the other third party hori controllers ape doe things like that like that's what needs to happen why can't sony allow you to do that and why are people defending things that clearly are not in their favor mm-hmm I don't know. I, I really don't want to sound preachy and pretentious about it. It's just annoying sometimes because it lets big companies get away with things that, ooh, that reminds me of this whole stupid Disney Plus thing with Mulan. You have to pay $30 <laughs> for a rental and people are eating that up when you have you don't get to watch the movie if you cancel your subscription. Just buy the Blu-ray. I don't understand why you just don't buy the Blu-ray, but... Uh, companies man they're really the i I agree with you though i mean the behavior is really dogmatic where people will defend or attack the other company just out of this like dogmatic belief that playstation is the best or nintendo is the best or pc is the best or microsoft is the best and some people would say stadia is the best there's (laughs) a kind of that dogmatism everywhere and it's really destructive and it's not even exclusive to video games like this is not to get too political but like this is exactly what bugs me about politics is people get so attached to democrat republican and they're so dogmatic about it that it's it it becomes really hard to have like reasonable conversations but to bring this like back into video people don't look at facts or things like that and if they do they'll skew things in the way they want them to and there are natural human biases that can play into that but like when it's attached to a company like PS5, for example, like the SSD is going to be really amazing. And Sony fanboys love to tout how like it's going to be this amazing thing that is going to change games forever. And it's like, okay, but if we look at the the facts of this, like it'll only impact like the exclusive games, which is like yeah, 20, like, 25, 30, we'll say 30, we'll say 40 games. We'll be really generous. 40 games for the next like, you know, five years, six years, seven years. That's cool. Ratchet and Clanks, but your Call of Duty yeah. is still not going to run amazingly. Yeah, it's a stepping stone towards a, a future of SSDs in games, and it's an important step, and it's great that it's happening. Um, but like the claims get so huge, and that it becomes kind of obnoxious to to an extent. And then you'll have on the other side people complaining about the PS5 because of like, well, how they're handling backwards compatibility. It's not everything. It doesn't go back to PS3, PS2, and it's the worst. And it's like you're making this one thing huge when it doesn't need to be and to be totally clear i do this all the time <laughs> like I, i'm not, not immune to this that. yeah I, i'm not immune to this at all um but like i get Humans that with nintendo nature like i think everyone like does stuff like this of course yeah um i get like this with nintendo like i'll defend nintendo's online i will defend nintendo's online i know it's illogical i know it's not as good as uh ps plus or uh xbox uh xbox games of gold not games of gold xbox live gold um 
nothing is nothing about games of gold is good <laughs> um that i don't think anyone would disagree with it's good but for it's a while. <laughs> lately it's not been super great but yeah but like i love nintendo and i'll defend them you know to the death and i totally you know uh it's totally dogmatic in, in a lot of ways um but like going to another side of this that's like not great is like games of gold like is not the greatest thing ever like that dogmatism can also prevent us from criticizing that and like oh you're just being nitpicky about like microsoft it's like hey i'm just mentioning the the, the complaint like it's not me attacking microsoft it's not me hating them like on that same kind of note earlier this year i was very concerned about playstation 5 and the messaging and how that was gonna play out and you know i was i was wrong yeah, I, but i, I didn't hate sony because i was sony fanboy <laughs> <laughs> no it's good i was making a bold claim like it should have been criticized um but like it wasn't me hating sony it was just it was me coming from the perspective of like hey i like sony i don't want to see them fall down I'm kind of worried that might happen, but like, let's talk about that. I tried talking about that on Reddit a little bit, and I got attacked, like completely attacked for being a Microsoft fanboy. And I'm like, I'm not even a Microsoft person. Like, yeah, if I'm a fanboy of anything, it's not Microsoft, and it's it was it was insane to me. You can't be a fan of something and want it to get better, because people take that. Like, I get, it. I get it. I'm young and I'm dumb on the internet, so I get like taking criticism like oh you're attacking the thing i like but sometimes it just comes down to criticism thing it's about how you say things it's about all that Mm -hmm. i'm totally fine for criticism like like i said about the whole controller thing if you have valid criticism like that's fine that's not what i'm complaining about yeah it's the for one getting really mad at people when they bring up a criticism and for two it's like sticking to something that i feel like you know is bad and just not being able to speak up about it and just saying Mm -hmm. it's good when it's clearly like it may not affect you which is fine it's not gonna affect everybody it probably won't affect me that much except when i want to play a game with my girlfriend or my family or something like overcooked or something which i get would work with the ps4 but if they make like an overcooked three you get what i mean yeah just things like that it's just small little knowing how to handle dish out criticism because i love sony I want them to get better, but man, they don't listen to people. They're <laughs> they're not doing crossplay until they're like being forced to by the throat kind mm-hmm. of thing. It's a bunch of things like that. Like they're very stubborn, a very stubborn company. And that's and I think, go ahead. No, it's what allows them to do that is that kind of dogmatic a love of of Sony and I want to buy a PlayStation 5 regardless of if they do crossplay or not like it prevents them from even making those changes to the benefit of consumers it's aggravating yeah cuz I saw after the Xbox game showcase the recent one I saw everyone being like man Xbox is uh what was it their their messaging is just off and terrible I'm like no it's not honestly Microsoft's messaging is better and more concise than PlayStation's. And they've, it seems like Sony did their PS5 reveal and everyone forgot when Microsoft came out first and showed off the box. It was giving off so many details first before Mm -hmm. Sony waited like 10 months to reveal the PS5. And it's like, 
Oh, did you forget how much you were praising Xbox back then for all the cool stuff that they were doing for gaming? And then now Sony doesn't do it. It's like, oh, we don't need it then. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It's kind of dumb. I, 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 I wish I could figure out where it stems from. It's like people attach these companies to their identity. And so, like, yeah. if you criticize the company, like, you're criticizing them, and it's like, dude, you cannot connect yourself to a major corporation like that. It's not a good idea. I did it with Apple for too long. It did not work in my favor. It didn't. It really didn't. <laughs> <laughs> no, um, that, was, that was me with, like, stupid things, like, either Nintendo or, like, comic books or just things like that. Assassin's Creed, things I really like. Mm-hmm. I've only now learned to criticize things like Assassin's Creed and all that, but... So, I mean, I definitely get it because up until this year, I was so that's the only reason it makes me so mad is up until this year, I was so like, oh, this doesn't matter. Like, you don't need to complain mm-hmm. about it kind of thing. Like, I would never dish out criticism. I would just be like, that's fine. I mean, I like that. That's whatever. It wasn't until this year that I started thinking critically like, man, like a lot of this stuff is stupid and you don't really need to be standing up for it. It's the world we live in. Yay. That's my soapbox. (laughs) We have one last thing. One last very important thing before we close out the show. Obviously, Chad is not with us. Game on Game Show is is Chad's thing. He's no longer with us. And damn you, Darby. We are going to sue you in court (laughs) for whatever your magical powers did to Chad. Um, But we're not going to do Game on Game Show because we don't have Chad here to do it. But we do have another... Not sponsored by. And both Brent and I both have something that we're not sponsored by that we just can't wait to show you. Do you want to go first, Brent? Do you want me to go first? How do you want to do this? You can go first. It's cool. All right. I have... We are not sponsored by this partially used package of Duracell batteries. Duracell batteries are the longest-lasting batteries that you can get in the AA, AAA, CD formats. They're trusted for medical devices and are great. The two batteries in here are actually old batteries. Don't don't use these batteries. I actually need to to recycle these in, in, a, in a proper way. But if you are looking for batteries in the future, look for the copper top of Duracell batteries. They're fantastic batteries. Oh, we supposed to have a pitch for ours? I just think mine tastes oh, good. We- I mean that that's the pitch, but I believe strongly in this package of AAA used double A, sorry, double A used Duracell batteries. I am not sponsored by Cup Noodles Stir Fry. Don't eat what's in here because this is dried noodles from when I was eating it earlier. It's really good. Uh it's Korean barbecue flavor. That's all I need to say. This is you saw me. You saw me smacking on this earlier. I did. You're smacking wanna, on it was so intense. You had to mute your microphone because you were enjoying it so much. Yep. I just want. That's say, the testimonial like, there. To break transparency, that was a bit. People get mad about that. Holden told me to eat it during the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> it was allowed and approved of. <laughs> I don't want to come off as a rude guest because I was eating noodles on the podcast. <laughs> And that is our episode today. If you'd like to play with us every week, get a cool new wallpaper every month and have a say in what we play this week. This month it's going to be Resident Evil 4. Support us on Patreon, patreon.com forward slash respawn aim fire. Only one tier for $1. But if that's too much, no pressure. Feel free to follow us and share your thoughts with us at respawn aim fire on Twitter or at respawn aim fire at gmail.com. 
Thanks. And now for a usual sign-off. Remember to always drink your Ovaltine.